How can we, as creative educators and entrepreneurs, find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for taking a chance on me. I'm a fifth grade teacher, toddler mom, and serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and bringing you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We are going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. Hey, before we jump into the episode, I have to tell you some exciting news. I have been completely revamping the content inside Teacher Hustle University to teach you all specifically about something I call profit funnels. This, I believe, no matter whether you have a TPT store, a physical product, a knowledge product like a course or membership or a service-based business, setting up a profit funnel in your business will allow you to put your business on autopilot and do the things that you wanted to do when you set out to create this business. Things like having the time and the freedom to go on a family vacation, to put your work down for a bit. Basically, your marketing will be on autopilot. I'm going to teach you how to set up this profit funnel for your business in five easy, simple steps that we're doing together in the five-day profit funnel challenge. It is totally free and it's happening really soon. It's going to start on March 31st. You do need to register to get all the details to get this set up. And if you feel like now is the time that you want to start building out the back end of the marketing in your business, so that it runs on autopilot and you can kind of enjoy your summer. Let's build it now and enjoy our summer to relax and let our business keep running. You are going to want to go over and register at alyssamcdonald.com slash challenge to get in on that challenge starting March 31st. I can't wait to build your profit funnels with you and I will see you inside the challenge. Okay, I am here with Carrie from Branding with Carrie, and I found Carrie on Clubhouse and was listening to her talk, and I thought, I have to get her on this podcast because I know that my listeners, they have all of the questions about branding, what goes into a great brand, how to stand out among the noise in the online space. And Carrie is the expert we need. So Carrie, welcome to the Teacher Hustle podcast. We would love to hear about you and your business and how you got to where you are today. Oh my gosh. So first of all, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Like this literally means the world. Um, I love being able to, to talk about branding and like hang out with people. So like you got me at the best of both worlds. So um, <laughs> yeah, like, so this <laughs> is amazing. So for me, I actually started um, in corporate America. I was in corporate America um, about nine, like I would say I got into corporate about 19. Um, I was actually 
recruited to work at a pizza place. I, it was more like a, hey, I want you to run my restaurant. So I was um, asked to run like a, a pizza place and I had no restaurant experience. I had knew nothing about the restaurant industry or anything. And he kind of just threw me to the wolves. He left like two weeks and went on a month vacation. He said, you can figure it out. Um, and I le- learned very, very quickly that I didn't know anything. So I became a, a great student of Google and YouTube on like how to run a business, how to increase visibility and presence. And through like the research, I actually created um, what I call as my fat five visibility strategy. So in that, what I did was I would, I kept saying, I was like, well, how can I get people to a new restaurant? Like, how can I do that? And I said, well, the easiest way for me to get people to a new restaurant is actually by tapping into other businesses that are around me and truly like doubling down on building their relationships with them to where like they're going to start coming to my race to my restaurant because they like me. So literally like we would just go to restaurants and build a relationship with like the managers and the owners of like all the businesses within five miles of us. So that's where it came with the fat five, like who are like the fat five places that we can go within five miles of us that now we become the go-to pizza place that they're going to want to go to for lunch, for dip, um, take something home for their kids or after work and things like that. Like, how can we create this place? So we did. And like, we became somebody that no one knew about to like where everybody within a five mile radius. It was great. There was a mall in the five mile radius knew who we were. They were like, Oh, Poppy's the one up the street. I'm like, yeah, that's us. That's us. <laughs> um, so I did that for about two years and I just graduated college and I realized that it wasn't cool to um to not have insurance anymore. Uh, <laughs> so I actually um went yeah. into corporate. I went into the corporate. <laughs> it used to be cool before, but then it was like, oh okay, I actually need to go get like get checks. So let me get some insurance. So I actually um decided to leave there and I actually went into um corporate like the corporate restaurant setting and I was actually working for um I worked for corporate Waffle House for a long time like helping them increase their presence and visibility and my last position in corporate was actually with Subway Corporate Office where like I worked with franchise owner helping them increase their um increase their profits and visibility to where they can drive more traffic. And what I noticed that with every of our, like, even the corporate clients, their issue was still visibility. Even though they had big names behind them, they still were struggling with having people come into the business. And I was like, well, what, like, what is the issue? And a lot of times the biggest issue was that they were, and it's funny because this is how it is in the online space. They were looking at traffic as traffic as numbers rather than people. And I was like, if we can just double down on building relations with people within our fat five how like how much visibility can we get so if you're in a five mile radius like especially in the brick and mortar if you're in a five mile radius if you actually try to truly build a relationship with every one of those owners that in that area your business is now sustainable and that's what we were able i was able to do for a lot of my franchise owners is they went for having super sustainable businesses by just by creating the like utilizing the fat five strategy and then they were now actually making an impact in the lives of their customers, because now they're actually like in the community, they were doing, they were working with nonprofits, they were doing community service, they were in the schools, and now they had a way better connection with the community because they decided to double down on relationships and really leverage that, that by visibility strategy. I absolutely love that story. I don't know if you know, but I also got my start with local businesses, working with local businesses and noticed the exact same thing 
the way that they grew in the local business was through connection, community, collaboration, getting visible by collaborating with other people. I love that Fab Five strategy. And you can apply those same concepts in the online space and stay really genuine, which is the cool part. You're not focused on traffic, follower number, more people, more people. You're focused on getting the right people, the right connections, the right collaborations. So smart. And it's funny because I remember um, my my father actually passed away um, Twenty like two years ago, last Saturday, um, 2019, March 6, 2019. And my dad was in the military for 26 years. But one thing about my father is he built his his career and built like the way he lived his life on relationships. And I remember at his funeral, there were so many people that would talk about like how my dad was so impactful, even the, the small things he did. Like there was one guy that said like he took, my dad took him fishing and like they had like a life conversation and it like changed his life like completely and that's why for me when I was like I told myself it's like I have two choices I can be really sad about my dad dying and just like wallow in that and say you know my dad died so I don't want to do anything or I can actually use the things that he taught me I can be the person that I know he wanted me to be and actually make an impact in the lives of others and actually like do something with like with this pain so what I decided to do is I decided to start a business and with the business like I was going to go into the brick and mortar field because that's where I, I spent the most of my time but I wanted to make an impact because that's what my dad did and I wanted to really make sure that I was working with impact driven entrepreneurs who actually wanted to help people so like that was kind of like my push. I was like, so I'm going to actually help the people who normally aren't loud, who aren't salesy about their service. I want to help them increase their presence visibility. I want to help them show up in a better place. I want to help them elevate their brand so they can be able to have like have high credibility, have more, more profits in their business because they deserve it and they're doing it for the right reasons. I love that. And you've got the right group because everybody listening to this podcast is starting their business to help kids, help students have a better education and change things that we see need changing. And so we need your help getting visible because as a group, we tend to be humble. We just don't want to exactly like you said, we don't want to be salesy and we're like, oh, it's just this little thing that I made, just this little thing that I did when in reality, it's amazing and will change kids' lives, but we're just too humble to say that. And you're going to help us like shout it from the rooftop. So what would you say if we're just getting started with developing our brand? The first thing that a lot of teachers do is they're like, oh, I need a logo. Like, I, let me just get a logo and there's my brand. I got a name. I got a logo. What else is what else would you say we need when it comes to building a brand so the first thing that i always like to say is you really want to understand like who you're actually selling to like who like who is that person so if you're going to be selling to other teachers or you're going to be selling to parents like who are they like who are they at an innate level like what are the things that they're struggling with like what are the things that actually are going to drive them to make these buying decisions like, what are, like, what are their core needs and their core desires? Like, how do they like people to speak to them? Like, what are their love languages? Like, those are the things that you want to think about before you even say, I want to do a logo. Because if you're not understanding those facets, 
your logo might not make sense. So we always want to make sure that we truly understand our customer at that really innate level to really make sure that we're actually like creating the content and we're we're doing the message and we're speaking to them the right way. So that's the first thing. The next thing that we want to do is we want to understand what our brand archetype is so mm-hmm. we can actually start speaking to them the way that our clients want to be spoken to. So if you think of the brand archetypes, it's really rooted in psychology. And I actually have a degree in humanist psychology. So I remember when I was in college, like we used to always talk about like these archetypes and like the um, Maslow hierarchy needs and like why, like why people do certain things and like what drives them to go these ways. And that's actually what the brand archetypes are very similar to. It's like, what are the core desires of this person and how can we communicate these core desires that actually creates a magnet effect towards you? So that's the first thing you want. That's the second thing. So you want to identify your brand archetype so you can know how to speak to them the right way. A lot of times people say, like, just do a brand archetype and then, like, that's, like, have it based on who you are. But you want to actually have your brand archetype based on your client's desires and their needs. So hypothetically speaking, like, if you know that your avatar is somebody who wants to, like, be out in the unknown and have a journey experience through the things they do, you want to make sure that you actually are leveraging the Explorer brand archetype as a way to actually communicate to them the right way and the way that they want to be communicated to, because that's in their core desire and their core need of how they how they like to be talked to. So that's the next thing. So after you do that, that's when you can say, okay, so now I understand my person. I know how to speak to them. What are the colors? What are the fonts that actually resonate that messaging through in a visual representation? Like how can I actually have that message and that archetype in a visual representation? So do my colors and my fonts actually create the type of emotion that I'm trying to create when it comes to my brand? And that's why I say when people just say, hey, I'm going to do a logo. They're like, I always ask them like, well, who are the people? Like, what colors are you using? Why are you using these colors? Like, if you're using red, but your clients are more like passive aggressive people who don't really like confrontation, that's going to overwhelm them because they're going to feel like you're like being very domineering towards them. So you need to understand who they are before you start thinking about your colors or your logos. You need to make sure you truly understand them. So that's I say, that's like the core thing. You want to make sure you truly understand it and then you can get into the visual aspects of it. I just took a couple of different notes here because I think one of the like most important things you said that this was a mistake I made in the beginning too. You go off, you're like, I'm going to make a brand. Let me make this brand based on me, what I like. Let me add a little picture in the logo of like something that represents me. Like, you know, I would put my coffee or French fries. I love French fries. (laughs) Like, cool. That's my brand. But you're saying, actually take that and focus it on your potential customer and think about them first and then design your brand around what they're looking for. You said their core desires. Yes. I love that. Like what is it that they really desire, the problem they really need solved? And then what is your role in that? I love that. And get at the emotion they're feeling. Exactly. And like and a lot of times what's really cool is if you actually 
truly understand your customer at they at that innate level, then it your services and your products become a whole lot easier because now you're only creating products and services based off their actual needs and desires. You're not trying to find the people for your product. You already know what they want. You already know what they need. So you're just making what they need. So now your sales process is a lot more frictionless because you're just giving them what they already asked for anyway. Yeah. I like that. Frictionless. It's no friction and no feeling of awkwardness to us. It's like when you're telling your sister about the chapstick you just got that you loved. It's easy because you know that's what she wants and you want to tell her about it. It's, it just takes mm-hmm. away all the friction, like you said. And then you, you can we back up and go to the brand archetypes? You have this laid out so nicely on your Instagram. Can you break that down for us? Like, How do we figure out our brand archetypes and what are they? Yeah, so like there's 12 different brand archetypes and actually like the structure of it actually comes from um, Carl Jung. He's the one that realized that people actually make decisions based off of their primary and secondary desires. So if you know that your desire, like if you know that your desires is to have a relationship, you're going to relationships or build relationships or create connections, you're going to actually be more attracted to companies that are talk about building relationships so there's an example of this this is one of my friends and it used to be so funny when he did it so he actually like loved that i when people like talked about giving back to people even if they said i'm giving one percent back for every i'm giving one percent to somebody he would just be like i'm in so like he like he didn't care what it was he'd be like oh i'm buying it like they're they're speaking my language and and it it used to be so funny to me because like that was his archetype like he had an archetype of like that he wanted to like he wanted to create a legacy like he had that feeling of like being able to like help other people and be compassionate he had the innocent brand personality um brand archetype and like people like whenever he saw those other innocent brands come out he would be like just give me just get, what, you, what you want me to buy. Just give me all the things. I'll take it all. <laughs> like, and it used to be so funny because I'm like, like, and I would, it's funny because I would mess with him. I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking of making some jewelry, but I think I'm going to give like 5% of what he's like. Oh yeah. You go. <laughs> I'm in. He's like, I mean, what do you need me to do? And like, and that's what it was. So it's like, if you can actually understand them and then you actually attach your brand, their brand archetype to who they are, then you create a frictionless branding experience and a frictionless sales experience because now you're understanding how they want to be spoken to. So it's kind of like if you have a spouse and they're like, well, you're not talking to me the way I want you to talk to me. I need you to talk to me this way. That's the same thing with customers. Like they want you to talk to them a certain type of way, the way they feel more comfortable. So understanding the archetypes can help us understand our customer, kind of like love languages. Is that the way? Like once you understand the different places your potential customer is coming from, where their mind is and the way they like to be talked to, then you can kind of meet them where they are. Yeah. And then you can start using. So then when it comes to your content, you're starting to use like certain words and languages that that actually like speaks to them the right way. Oh, I love it. And you have some of the archetypes on your Instagram feed. I have the every man here. That one is talking about believing in honesty first with a humble approach, your connection with people. And you have kind of like a little quiz. So is that the best place to go to find out the brand archetypes is just to go to your Instagram and look at the different types? Yes. But a lot of times you can just go search a quiz. Like the way that we did ours is a little bit different 
because we created like a really cool um, PDF downloadable that actually talks about like the brand voice, some color palette ideas, some like mood board examples. So you can really get a better understanding of like exactly like what that brand archetype is and like kind of like who they are. So you can kind of see like, okay, I see myself in this. And it's funny because like our clients, when we do it, they're like, oh my gosh, that is me. Like, I, I, I can, I can see that. And they're like, that is my clients. Like they, they do look for that, that transformational experience. Like, cause I have a client that she's a musician and she was like, Carrie, like, I really, I can see that because like our clients, like they're looking for somebody to create a transformational experience, but in like a really like fun way. And I'm like, well, there you go. Yes. It's like understanding those different archetypes just helps you to speak your customer's language. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because a lot of people, like, they do brand archetypes different. Like, they do brand archetypes based on them. Like, they were like, well, I'm like, I'm a, I'm an innovator. I'm a creator brand. That's great. But are your customers creator brands? If you're right. a customer, like, it's not going to speak to them the right way. So you want to make, like, if you can actually build your brand based off your customers, your brand becomes way more frictionless. And that's actually why we created, like, the frictionless branding strategy in this process to actually help you like create a brand where your business now becomes frictionless with your sales and your content and the leads that come into your business. That's awesome. What about the color theory? You talked about like red being passive aggressive. I know nothing about that. So start at zero with me. Like what colors mean? What emotions? What do I stick with? What do I stay away from? If if everybody's anybody that's listening, you have to go check out Carrie's Instagram page after this. It's nothing like you've seen. It's very different, bold, bright. I really love well, your branding. Um, but tell me, <laughs> how did you choose your colors and how should we choose ours? Okay. So Colors have meanings. Colors have emotions. Colors strike up feelings in people. So like if you think about like, why do women want to wear white on their wedding? Because they want to feel innocent. They want to feel like they're, they're like, it's funny, my great my grandmother used to say, she, they want to feel pure as a drifted snow. <laughs> but it's like, because they want to have, because that's what white makes people feel. Like, if I wear white, like, I'm pure, I'm clean, I'm untouched. Mm-hmm. And that's why women want to wear white for their wedding. So even if you think about that, like, okay. So if, let's say you're a business and you want to be, you want to kind of give, like a, like, a very common one is blue. Like, blue makes people feel like trust. It builds trust for other people. It makes people feel like I can trust that person because they're, they're giving me a nice, like, harmonious energy. Oh, good. That's my color. Blues blues, and all my branding. So, all right. You can trust me. <laughs> <laughs> you can trust me. And it's funny because that's why a lot of people use it. Um, but, yeah, so, like, for, like, a deep – and it's normally, like, the deep blues. Like, the brighter blues, like, they give, a, like, a sense of, like, high spirits, energy, electric, and exhilarating. But, like, those deeper blues, they give, like, credibility, um, authoritative, um, conservative, classic, strong, reliable, traditional. Um, another colors that are really popular right now are, like, the teal. So a lot of people are using, like, teals and turquoises. Like, I see a lot of that. We have that in our brand as well. And in that one, it, like, 
teal actually gives like sophisticated confidence and tasteful. So if you notice, if you start thinking about a lot of the premium brands that you're seeing, a lot of times they're starting to use those teal colors because it's actually elevating the way their brand looks because it's giving a more sophistication to their brand. So um, turquoise is um, a color that's like a lot of people use. That one is about compassionate protection, um, faithful, and um, and tropical and ocean. So if you think about like Amy Porterfield, like, I feel like she's super compassionate. Yeah. Like Amy Porterfield is extremely compassionate. And then like some of the popular ones, like you can think of orange. So orange is all about like fun, whimsical, happy, glowing, um, energizing. And for that one, like if you think about like Fanta, if you think about like MasterCard, Nickelodeon, like they use those colors because they want to get like the fun to it. Because like, if you think about MasterCard, they always talk about traveling. Like the fun yeah. stuff about traveling, like going here, going there. If you think about Fanta, like fan, if you remember the old Fanta commercials, they were always fun. If you think about, of course, Nickelodeon's for kids, like that gives that feel to it. It's kind of like a smell, like when you smell a food and it takes you right back to like your grandmother's cooking. And mm-hmm. we don't even realize that colors are evoking all sorts of emotions and feelings. And so as a a business owner, we can kind of craft that into what we're doing by understanding some of these psychological principles. I love that. Yep. So then like to go deeper. So now you remember what I talked about, you understand your brand archetype. So now you're understanding the words that they're like, that are literally speaking to them. So if you know that one of the words is like um, lighthearted, um, humorous, like harmony, you're going to want to find colors that actually match with that to kind of make sure that you're actually creating that experience, even through the visual aspects of your brand. So good. What about mistakes? What mistakes do you see people making when it comes to branding? What mistakes should we be avoiding? I think the biggest mistake is um, where people, they don't try to understand their customer. They just try to like go out and just like, grab a logo go to fiverr like try to piecemeal their brand together like a lot of times like that's where i see the biggest issue and and then a, a lot of times i see where people are trying to um just sell the product mm-hmm. say hey this is my especially like for your people like these are my these are my documents like these are my swipe files this is what the swipe files do great but let's create experience in that swipe file of why this is now way more than just swipe files. Because once you create experience with it, you're actually able to elevate the value of it that you can able now to like charge more and you create a, a less frictionless. Because let's say that you're doing a swipe file that somebody else is doing. Now they're going to look at your prices and they're going to be like, oh, well, I'll go with hers because hers is cheaper. But if you create experience with the brand and you're embodying that brand message and it's seeping through everything, now they're like, of course I have to buy from her because like, it's amazing. It goes right back to what you were saying in the beginning about getting to know the person behind the brand and really being visible as yourself. And what makes you different is all, like you said, the experience that you bring, you might be creating a digital product or a course or a membership. And like you said, it might be the same as what someone else is working on. But what they're really coming for then is for you, your experience, your brand, the value you offer in addition to just your product. It's so much more than that. And that's why everybody's here and listening to this podcast because they're realizing that it can't just be about putting the product out for sale and saying, hey, everybody, I have this thing for sale. It has to be also like the value you bring and 
what you can teach and mm-hmm. how you can help and the ideas you have and how you can solve problems. It all comes back full circle. That's it. What do you think about, um, you talked in the beginning about kind of getting visible and like using collaboration and connection, your fab five to spread the word about your business. And I think that that is so smart. How do you think we can use that fab five strategy online? So literally the easiest way to do it is like create connections with people that you are seeing often. Like if you're seeing people that like, you know, that you can like send a message to like build that relationship because now you're now expanding your audience. Cause even if their audience is small, now your art, both of your audience has now doubled. So you want to just start creating connections with people that you know you can talk to and then actually start saying like, hey, like I see that you're doing this. I'm doing this. Let's maybe like package our stuff together and let's put it out to both of our audiences. And then just really like be a human being. Like, I think that's the biggest thing. I think that's it's, it's sad. It's really sad because it's like it's, it should be simple. But in the online space, we forget. Like, if you want to build a relationship with somebody in the real world, you say, hey, do you want, like, I have this really cool offer. You want to work together? Like, you wouldn't say that. You'll be like, hey, how are you? Like, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, I want to get to know more about you. Um, This is what I'm doing. Like, what are you up to? Like, tell me what you're doing. Like, you just want to, like, you want to be a human. Like, have a conversation with somebody. Like, they're a human. Like, understand, like, yes, this is a digital space. We're both in a, a virtual experience right now. But, like, guess what? Like, I'm in the real world in my virtual experience with you, and you're in the real world with yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny how everything changes as soon as we're online. It's, like, a completely different world. But it's not really. We're just, like you said, we're just human beings on the other side of the computer. And we've got this computer between us that we have to, like, somehow overcome that and still have these relationships and branding is such a huge part of building that relationship and staying memorable mm-hmm. um, and making leaving an impression on people. Like you said, with your dad, it's like leaving that impression. What's your legacy? What impression are you going to leave on the world with your brand? I think, I think for my listeners, it's that shift from this is my side hustle. Oh, this is just like a little thing that I do on the side to this is my brand. This is my business. This is the impact and the influence I want to have. If I only meet 10 people in the online space and I never sell them anything, I still want to leave them with an impression. And that is where branding totally comes in and why your mission is so important to help people get visible. Uh, Before we end, I do want to get one last piece of advice from you. If somebody is terrified to put themselves out there? Because you talk a lot about visibility, confidence, getting yourself out there. I've got a lot of people who are like, okay, they maybe don't have an Instagram or they have an Instagram, but they're kind of scared to put themselves out there. What advice would you give those people? So the thing is like, when it comes to like your visibility, like it doesn't always have to be you. It has to be your content. Your content has to be positioned to where they're understanding who you are and who you serve and why you serve them. Because if you even look at my social media, like my pictures are out there, but like I don't do like we're starting to do a lot of videos, but we didn't always do a lot of videos. But I made sure that the content that I put out express who we are, who we serve and why we do what we do and how we can help. Like that's what we did. So it was still very positioned. And because my team was able to keep putting content out over and over again, they were my clients, our clients were able to see what we did and they would come to us. 
So it's right. all about making sure that your content is structured to a way that you're able to show like who you are. Because a lot of times when it comes to social media, people don't really do a lot of positioning content or they're they're if they're not doing positioning content, they're mainly just selling themselves. It's like it's normally what I see on social media is like lifestyle or like pitching. It's not like that resourceful information of content of like, hey, this is I just want to give you some information. Like with our brand archetypes, like I'm not selling you anything. I'm just saying, hey, these are your brand archetypes. These are brands that have them. It's resourceful information. If you want to have questions and you want to kind of know more about it, if you want to jump on a brand clarity call, great. You can do that. But if not, it's right here. This information is here for you. Again, it creates that frictionless brand experience because now our clients are able to come to us with more of like, hey, Carrie, how can I work with you rather than me jumping on a call with you trying to sell you on what we do? You're so right. The value, if you, I know I've said this like three times, but after this podcast, go check out Carrie's Instagram profile because you're right. It's, we are very used to seeing lifestyle type Instagram accounts, especially in the teacher world. It's either a lot of pictures of your classroom or a lot of pictures of yourself and your family. Even my Instagram is like mostly pictures of my face. So I think a lot of people think, well, I have to just put a bunch of pictures of my face. Yours is full of infographics, swipe to learn more, value, value, value. Like I I go to your page to find out more about branding and it's very easy to do so. So you're saying when we provide value, if we just teach, which is what we do best, if we use our Instagram to teach, then the selling will come supernaturally and we won't have to feel like, oh my gosh, now I have to tell you what products I have for sale. Though it is important to say that because I think some people also like they get so scared to sell that they don't even, you can't even find what they have for sale because you said you still have a clear pathway to like (laughs) get on a call with you. It's just, it's just not all that you're talking about. You're also providing tons of value on your page and it doesn't necessarily have to be just your face and lifestyle photos right in the middle. Yeah. It's, and the thing is like, it's kind of what we talk about with our content and even for our clients, when we do their content, when we help them with their content is providing content that positions you not only as the expert, but also as a resource. And a lot of times people only want to position themselves as an expert. So they only want to just talk to you about why they're so amazing and like what they've done and like what their strategies are, which are great. But that doesn't help somebody if they just need the tactical implementation. Like, I have to go to your course for that, or I need to go here, or I need to go on Google and just search it. Like, sometimes people just want the tactical implementation to be able to go and try to do it themselves. And because when you do it that way, you become a bridge to when they are ready to work with you. Because now people say, Carrie, you've been helping me for forever with your social media. How can I work with you in person? I'm not asking like, hey, you know, want to work. They're like, how can I work? Tell me about your services and see like, how can we work together? Because you provided this nice resourceful information because that you became a resource for them. You've shown your expertise through your content. You've created your strategic pieces, but you also showed them, hey, this is how you do it. Like, here's some great font pairings that will work well if you're struggling with your fonts. Here's some great color palettes if you're struggling with your color palette. But they still want to work with you, even if you give all that value away. Because I know some people are like, what if I give it all away? Why would they want to work with me? Or why would they want to buy from me if I give it all away? And sadly, it's so funny. Normally what happens, like we have so many color palettes that we give out, but I'll still have people come to be like, Carrie, this is so great. But like, 
can you help me like figure out like a custom one for me? Yes. People still need you. They still want you to show them the way. They still need your mentorship and they still need your help. Um, That's really great advice. So I appreciate you so much, Carrie. And I think because you're so humble and you're so amazing, you just told us all this advice, but didn't tell us how we could work with you. So I want to know, like, what, how can we work with you if we want to work with you? Where should we connect with you? How can people find out more about how to create a cohesive brand? Yeah, so, like, the easiest way to connect with me is go to connectwithsalasta.com, and, like, all of my things are there. So we have some PDFs that we're actually putting up. The quiz will actually be there. The web, our website, then the way to schedule a call is there. Like, we have a template shop. Like, a template shop is there. So, like, everything's on that site. So you can actually just go there, and you can, like, figure out the things about us, and then you can work with us any type of way. I would love to work with anybody, especially because y'all are impact-driven. Yes. And, and check out branding with Carrie on Instagram for tons of great advice on making your brand really unique and really special to you so that you can make more impact on more people. Carrie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. This has been super fun. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Hustle podcast. I love hearing from you. So if you loved this episode, please consider leaving a review. You can also join our Facebook group, Teacher Hustle Podcast, to chat about all things business, mindset, and marketing. I also love to chat in the Instagram DMs. So send me a DM or tag me in your post. My name is Teacher by Naptime over there. I'll see you in the next episode.